Hello and Merry Christmas. I'm PJ Williams from Conspiracy Pilled. And for Christmas, Abby and I want to give you guys something that you might not even know that you're missing out on. Uh, today, we're giving you access to an episode that's part of our bonus behind the paywall content that we call Conspiracy Pilled Unhinged. So a few weeks ago, we covered the secret society at Yale known as the Skull and Bones, but a lot of people don't know that there are many other secret societies at Yale, and we cover those in this episode called the Ancient Eight Consortium. So to get content like this and to support the show, you can come over to conspiracypill.locals.com, and for just $5 a month, you get an extra episode every week. And if you're thinking about giving someone a nice uh, last-minute Christmas gift, you can also buy subscriptions for your friends, give it to them. So please enjoy this episode and consider supporting the show. Now onto the show. Unhinged, episode 43, The Ancient Eight Consortium. I'm your host, PJ Williams, and with me, as always, is Abby Libby. How are you doing, Abby? I'm great. How are you? I'm good, and we have Frida Donnelly in the house. What's hey. up? We're going to be talking about cults, so we figured we'll bring in our resident cult expert for, <laughs> for the show today. <laughs> oh. Everybody's got an expertise in something, Frida. Yours just came at, uh, you know, life lifelong experience. So. Yeah. <laughs> we, all, we all earn experience somehow. Sometimes it's gifted to us. Sometimes we seek it out. So uh, how are you doing, Frida? I'm doing well. Always happy to help. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Glad to have you back. Yeah. So it was, it was so much fun. We got to do the... Uh, Mandela effect together. Uh, but Abby wasn't there. So now the three of us get to do a show together. Exactly. I'm so excited. All right. So Abby, we are continuing God. what we were talking about last week with the uh, skull and bones. And there was some more stuff there that you wanted to dig into. Yeah. So what are we, what are we talking about tonight? What is the ancient eight consortium for people who don't know? Yeah. So skull and bones is the most popular secret society at Yale, most commonly talked about most podcasted, but it's part of the ancient eight consortium at Yale. So there's there's like fifty some odd secret societies at Yale, but the ancient eight are the are the big ones. But the you big know, boy club, the big boy clubs that have been around a College long cults. time. Yep. And when I went to research this, there is no podcasts. If you search ancient eight consortium, nothing. If you search either of the other two of the big three, Wolf's Head and Scroll and Key, nothing. Nothing at all. It's just Nothing like people are stuck on Skull and Bones. What's so funny to me, though, is like we posted about Ancient Eight Consortium on TikTok, and there was mm -hmm. a few people that were like, oh, yes, I've heard of this. I'm glad somebody's talking about it. And then uh, with our episode on Skull and Bones and with the, with the TikToks and things and reels we put out on Skull and Bones, some people said, well, maybe Skull and Bones is like the one they want you to see and that the other mm. secret society is the ones they don't want you to see. And I'm like, so if everybody's got that idea already, that that's a possibility. I, it is weird to me that no one is talking about 
the others. The others, right? Yeah. yeah. It's so, kind. Mm-hmm. It's kind of similar to one of the things you guys said last night on your show. We were talking about if that's the you know if they're saying the quiet thing out loud, it's no longer the quiet thing. Yep. Right. Good point. Good point. Frida so, watches our show. She watches our show. I'm excited. Can, you could say I'm a fan. <laughs> <laughs> so one reason that this might be, you know, the, the the least sinister reason I can think of is because of Alexandra Robbins. Alexandra mm. Robbins is an author who wrote a bunch of things, but she's specifically well known for writing a book called um, Secrets of the Tomb, Skull and Bones, The Ivy League, and The Hidden Pass of Power. She did extensive research on Skull and Bones and really made mainstream a lot of information about them. So you can make the argument that there's podcasts about Skull and Bones because that book exists and because of her work. And there's there's not nothing like that on any of the others. So that's that's why they don't just not enough information to do a podcast. When when did her book come out? Uh, 2002. Yeah, 2002. Okay, because I was gonna say, like, I, you're you're probably right to an extent, but also maybe I'm getting this wrong. It must have been, it, maybe it was her because I remember all the stuff around George Bush, but that was for Carrie. That was two thousand three, two thousand four, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and I don't think that they were talking about Skull and Bones during the Bush v. Gore. Nope. Okay, interesting. Yeah, yeah. So there's another author I also want to talk about, but don't forget about Alexandra Robbins because she's gonna come back up again. But I want to talk about Lee Bardugo, and I mentioned her. When I was talking about Skull and, o- Skull and Bones, because she's an absurdly popular young adult author, but she crossed over into adult fantasy with her Alex Stern series, uh, which she started in 2019. The first one, if you'll show me here, is Ninth House with a snakey snake on the cover. Yep, yep. Snake a snake. And then the second one, which I haven't gotten actually very far into yet, because I haven't been reading very much, because my pregnancy brain won't let me read very much, is Hellbent. But it's supposed to be a long series, and it's about the eight houses of the veil, as she calls them, the ancient eight, and then the ninth house, which she presents as Leafy. And in the story, Leafy keeps tabs on the other houses. It. Um, I'm just going to read from their their wiki page real quick about uh, the the fan wiki from from the book series. Lethe House, known as the titular Ninth House in Lee Bardugo's Ninth House, is the organization that monitors the arcane activities of the ancient eight secret societies of Yale University, all of which are dedicated to one branch of the occult. So each one focuses on a different branch in the books. The headquarters of Lethe House, Lethe House is Eel Boston in New Haven, Connecticut. Lethe House operates primary, primarily through the Dante and Virgil offices. So those two... It's an office, and they go by that name in the book. Okay. No matter gotcha. what their name is, which that's Dante and Virgil both have a have stories about descending into hell. Right. Yeah, because Virgil is Dante's guide through hell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and Virgil wrote Aeneas going into hell. So there's this. Yeah. It's a continued theme. No, no ritual of any risk was allowed without Lethe House delegates present. They ensure the societies do not break university rules and thus put the university's interests at risk. Punishments for societies who act against university interests are subject to fines, suspensions from conducting magic, and the most dire, the loss of a tomb, although the latter is reserved for the most serious cases. 
I want you to remember all that. I remember it all. Word remember for word. All. Word for word. Okay. All right. So I have a couple. Um, I have a video of Lee Bardugo talking about the clubhouses and the, the tombs. Well, let's check it out. The clubhouses of the Ancient Eight are called tombs because they were built without windows. In some cases, they were deliberately built to evoke um, the sinister or the arcane. But in a lot of cases, they were meant to be closed off from the world, not just to prevent people from seeing in because they were secret, but also because those inside were supposed to be focused on what was happening there and turning inward to the life of the mind as opposed to looking outward. They're really extraordinary buildings and the Skull and Bones tomb has a kind of um, Egyptian temple feel. Book and Snake is built in this neoclassical mode. Wolfshead has had two tombs and both of them had windows because they were showing how egalitarian and forward thinking they were. Um, my favorite of the tombs is actually the Scroll and Key tomb. It has this beautiful Moorish facade. It's uh, just an extraordinarily beautiful building. But you can walk around campus and see all of them there and it's easy to, to not notice them as much as notice them sort of tucked between all of these gothic buildings i've been thinking a lot about oh, sorry just moved on don't to care, Rami. <laughs> shut up Rami. <laughs> and then she has a little instagram reel on il bestone that i want to show you and il bestone is what she said she wrote in the book as lethe's uh clubhouse gotcha do you want the sound for this yes, one yes i do all right i'm going to have to refresh this because instagram sucks I don't hear anything. I don't either. I have no idea why. <laughs> oh, well, in 1882, and then abandoned. I guess the site was muted. One more time. We'll get it this time, guys. <laughs> Bastone, the headquarters of Lathy, the ninth house. This is a very real building known as the Anderson Mansion that was built by John Anderson in 1882, and then abandoned barely a year later. Darlington would want you to know that it was built in the Second Empire style. I want you to know that while I did take a lot of liberties with the interior of the house, much of the beautiful ornament, including the painted fireplace tiles and the stained glass, are real. I hope you enjoyed this glimpse at one of the real-world inspirations for Ninth House and Hellbent. All right. So she's, I want to point out, she's already letting you know she took a lot from real life. Mm-hmm. And then she took some artistic license. And I just have questions about where exactly the light is. Yeah, what's the artistic license and what's like actually... Because they, I feel like this happens a lot with media and especially when it's talking about like real occult stuff is they'll say, oh, well, there's artistic license in there. So ignore the things that are actually very real because <laughs> if if you don't like it, it's artistic license. If you do like it though, then maybe it's, maybe it's, it's real. It's real. Yeah. <laughs> it's real and it's good actually. So we'll get into more as we go along about how she presents the magic that each each house is doing. Mm-hmm. And more about why she might know things that she might know. But I'm gonna set up or start talking about the societies and I'm gonna do them in order of wealth, uh, increasing order of wealth, because I think that wealth is a decent if imperfect metric for their power. I'm going to focus on the this is total like the Forbes top 100 yeah. cults, you know, <laughs> secret societies. 
Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm going to focus on their total assets line as reported in their 990 tax filings for 2022. And just as a reminder, that, that line does not include the value of their property. So gotcha. when I say they have this much money in total assets, that's mostly probably in the bank on the stock market. It's not going to be property. And I did find every single tax filing, but I'm not going to show you nine 990s because that would be boring. But I'm going to tell you what name they file under so you can look them up for yourself. There are nonprofit watchdog sites like ProPublica and Guidestone that house all the 990s for easy finding if you know the filing name and location. And the location is obviously going to be New Haven, Connecticut. I think only one of these is like slightly in a different town or files in a slightly different town, but it's still in Connecticut. It's easy to find. Any questions before we begin? No, I'm, I'm excited. I actually can see yeah. it on my screen what the, the cheapest house is. But the 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 D class uh, secret D society class. is yeah as we said because I made a joke about it last week being the D class secret society yeah. I, was, I was correct anyone any guesses any guesses what the what the cheapest society is least rich do you want to guess Frida since you don't see it what I see <laughs> um I don't know you don't want to guess okay <laughs> ice is like skulls skulls no. um. It's St. Elmo. It's St. So, Elmo. It's St. Elmo. Ron DeSantis, D-class secret society member <laughs> running for, for president. So they have, and, and they're not, they're not like poor. They have 241,000. Yeah, I'm not saying they're poor. <laughs> in assets. They have, they have 200, 241K in assets. They file under St. Elmo Society Incorporated. They're one of the only ones that file under their actual name where it's just super easy to find they, it. They don't file under um, Sesame Street. Correct. Okay. Oh, interesting. <laughs> they were founded in 1889 and named for St. Erasmus of Formia or St. Elmo, the patron saint of sailors. And I just want to take a moment to point out <laughs> this is their logo, which... Looks really Christian and Catholic, don't it? So yeah. Catholic. <laughs> it's it's like a chimera with a with a freaking mermaid. Yeah, yeah. But I want to point out here that we went from from all the Greek, the Greek pantheon into the Roman pantheon, which was basically just a rename of the Greek pantheon. There were some changes in the stories, some changes in the 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 feel of each god. They became more warlike. Um, as they're told about in stories, the Romans, you know, thought differently about the world than the Greeks, so they told different stories about their gods. But they were basically all the same gods from Greece to Rome. And then you get, then you get Christianity, and what the Catholic Church does is instead of saying, "Oh, this is the god of sailors," we have, "Oh, this is the patron saint of sailors," <laughs> but nothing really changed. We right, just have a same. bunch of patron saints of things. It's the same Greek gods, the same fallen angels being told about with a different name. Yes. As we pointed out before. Still yeah. pray to them. Still name your secret societies after them. Anyway, yep. here is the here's the tomb that, that St. Elmo used to have. It was called St. Elmo Hall. They were in it for a long time. Gorgeous building. You get the idea that they used to be more powerful than they are now. Because eventually... They sold that building to Yale, and Yale leased it, leased rooms in it to them for a while, and then ultimately refused to renew their lease. Mm. So it's now called Rosenfield Hall, and St. Elmo is now housed 
um, in this other building, if you'll show the street view. Which building is it? This one in the middle. Oh, this one right yeah, here? 35 Linwood. Wow, that sucks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What a downgrade. <laughs> a nice right? building. Yeah. It's just like, this looks like, you know, that, that dude's house in downtown Lansing that just like mm-hmm. maybe sells drugs. Yeah. I've been to New Haven. It's not the greatest, it's honestly. Not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think that we're going to, we're going to see it kind of play out, but there are societies who have had their rise and fall. And, and some that have been powerful a long time and some that have been maybe more recently up-and-comers. But the, the power structure does not remain stagnant is the point I'm making. But as Ron DeSantis said on the campaign trail, St. <laughs> Elmo will rise again. Let's <laughs> <laughs> do this at press conference. He <laughs> probably said that. <laughs> yeah, DeSantis is the, is the you know most well-known member of St. Elmo, but it doesn't seem like their membership is particularly interesting or secret. Right, yeah. <laughs> but when people think of St. Elmo, they often think of St. Elmo's fire, which is described by Wikipedia as also called witch fire or witch's fire is a weather phenomenon in which luminous plasma is created by a corona discharge from a rod-like object such as a mast, spire, chimney, or animal horn in an atmospheric electric field. So... I think it's because St. Elmo is a patron saint of sailors and a mast could could cause this. That right. is why they call it St. Elmo's fire. I just want to show it to you. Yeah. And uh, before we show it, like when we talked about the uh, Foo Fighters, this was mm. one of the things this gets brought up in a lot of UFO stuff. And it gets brought up around like the Bigfoot and ball lightning and stuff like that, where it's like this is the explanation for, you know, thousands of people seeing orbs flying around the battlefields mm-hmm. in, in World War Two. So interesting that you're looking at. I know it's pretty hard to believe, but it's something called St. Elmo's Fire. And a pilot recently captured this while he was flying over Georgia. It turns out he didn't just film the rare phenomenon, he helped cause it. So the first ingredient in St. Elmo's Fire is an electrically charged atmosphere, kind of like during a thunderstorm. Then you add in an object with the opposite charge, like an airplane or a ship mast, and chaos ensues. Now for all those excited particles to calm down, they release a little blast of light. The gases in our atmosphere make the light appear blue or violet, and that blue burst is St. Elmo's fire. It's something that sailors have seen for centuries, and guess what? You've actually seen it too. The same process makes neon signs glow. Ah, so cool. I did not know that. Yeah. A little casual, inadvertent weather manipulation. I think that they're doing time travel in that airplane. That's what that is. That's Probably. what that is. Yeah. So I, I bring this up. Because in Lee Bardugo's books, the magic that St. Elmo performs is elemental and weather magic, manipulating the weather. It would be, though, right? Like, mm-hmm. if they're serving their god, that wouldn't make sense. Right, right. Yeah. Or they would perform that magic if they hadn't lost their power along with their original clubhouse. Oh, yeah. So this theme of power being tied to physical location is something that Lee brings up again and again. Mm-hmm. So you're okay. saying they're all built on ley lines. There's I'm saying I'm joking, but like I'm maybe. saying Lee is saying there's something about the tombs themselves that right. is giving power. And it seems to bring true to an extent, right? Saint mm-hmm. Elmo yeah. used to be powerful, used to have this beautiful building, and then they lose their grip on it and now they're almost nothing. And now they sell crack to get that two hundred and forty one K in the true. bank. <laughs> 
Can confirm. Don't go down that street. Don't go down the street. <laughs> Plus, what Linwood Place? Yeah, don't go down Linwood. Yeah, don't Place. go. Don't go past thirty-five Linwood Place in New Haven, Connecticut, guys. <laughs> the next, unless you really want some smack, <laughs> unless you really want crack. Yeah. Okay, kids. The next one on our list, the the slightly slightly better than the than the least powerful of the eight is Mace and Chain. They have $0.9 million in assets at the moment. They file under Knights Trust Incorporated. That's a K-N-I-G-H-T trust. They were founded in 1956, so they're the youngest of the eight. And their tomb is supposedly a colonial-style building on Trumbull Street. But I could not track down a photo that I could confirm was the correct building. I looked at the street view of Trumbull Street just to see if I could see something that was like, obviously yeah like oh there's the windowless uh you know colonial style building or something yeah but i honestly could not could not confirm anything but just the street name couldn't find a number anywhere their trust the the address that their trust files under Mm -hmm. is not even in new haven it's a it's an industrial building i mean it's in new haven but it's it's not a it's not a tomb it's it's um office this one's weird to me because when you presented the h and eight last week i made a tiktok out of it and i Uh went through each eight and i showed an image for each eight Mm -hmm. and when i got to mason chain i spent an an hour and a half Uh looking for any logo i was like why don't you just put like a picture of a mace and be like this is their logo i couldn't find anything so then you i was like i was curious i was like is it real and then you, you you found tax filings though yeah so no logo. It's the only one we don't have a logo for. No mm-hmm. building. But they do have tax filings, and they are an actual... They're real. Yeah, and they're on the lists for the Ancient Eight. Yeah, it's allegedly they have a lot of Revolutionary War artifacts in their building. So instead of focusing on, like, the the Egyptian and the Roman and all of that, they're, they're a lot more in the present. They're focusing more on colonial era, Revolutionary War. So they will chivalry. rise again. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot more Masonic, I, I want to say. Mm. What I will say about about the logos is that they're not actually logos. They're pins. Right. And so unless somebody has actually seen the pin, we don't have a drawing of the logo. And I think what's going on with Mason Chain is that because it's the youngest, it, it it's too new for the secrets to have leaked out yet. That would make sense because it seemed like, you know, obviously we've talked about this with other conspiracy stuff where there was a point in history where nobody was thinking about the Internet. Nobody was mm-hmm. thinking about the information. age, And even in the 50s and later on, it's like they probably learned from the other secret societies like, oh, hey, stuff gets out and people talk. And maybe, maybe we should like be a little bit better mm-hmm. at keeping our secrets because the older ones, you know, some stuff. And it's like, how much yeah. do you really know? But, you know, stuff because they've just been around long enough. Mm hmm. Yeah, yeah, so like it's 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 interesting because like we'll get into some of them later that because I, I know you and me were both looking for the logos and the pins mm-hmm. and stuff where it's like there's there's one where there's a picture one picture on the internet one picture and yeah. it's tiny it's like yeah. it's big and it looks awful and it's like there's a pin <laughs> they're not it was taken like, with a Polaroid from you know forever yeah. ago they're not trying to let people mimic those pins no um if it's not a bad picture is it even a conspiracy. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> if it was a clear picture, would would you actually believe in Bigfoot? Nah. No. Right. Photoshop. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing I'll say about Mason Chain is that even though they were founded in 1956, they did fade out for quite some time, didn't have a building. It's only 
recently that they've resurrected and they have a building. So I think it's fascinating that they have 0.9 million because they yeah. haven't really actually been around for more than a few years. That is interesting. Yeah. So this is something to keep your eye on. Like there's almost nothing to find on them right now, but just keep your ears open because that could end up being something. But Lee Bardugo does not include them in her ancient eight. And there seems to be some disagreement about which eight are the actual ancient eight. So mm -hmm. I'm going to go through the list that Wikipedia seemed to have settled on. And then I'm going to let you know which ones she included and which ones she left out. So okay. she does leave out Mason Chain. Moving on. Okay. We are at Berzelius. Berzelius? Berzelius. Berzelius. They have 2.52 million. So we're getting into the, the big Small boys. chunk of change. There we go. Yeah. I, I, I think I consider everything past this a serious secret society. Um, it may, I think Mason Chain is serious. They're just super <laughs> new and, and mysterious. Uh, Berzelius files under Colony Foundation. They were founded in 1848. This is their logo. Um, it took me a while to find this. This was difficult to track down. Same. When I when I did it for the TikTok, this mm -hmm. was the other one that was hard to find. It's one of the hardest things yep. to find. Um, and then their tomb. I want to show you. They have a proper tomb. They First really one on the list with they? a proper tomb. That's a proper tomb. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now that's what I a, call a tomb. At first I thought this... Um, thing that looks like a snitch <laughs> was their logo but it doesn't appear to be just just a crest that happens to be on, on their tomb you're talking about here. the can i zoom up on this mm -hmm. <sighs> you talking about this right here yes yeah but maybe it's just like their way of saying snitches get stitches <laughs> that's what the symbolism means confirmed confirmed <laughs> Um, They're gangsters at Brasilia's house. Yeah. <laughs> They're named after a Swedish scientist who was known for helping to found modern chemistry. The society was part of the Sheffield Scientific School. And I just I need to explain Sheffield because it's going to keep coming up. Yale had a, a bunch of different colleges. Sometimes you, you know how you go to a university and they'll have like the College of Law and the College of Medicine. Well, back in the day. Sheffield School, Scientific School was one of the colleges of Yale, but they were a little bit too their own thing, and they had their own secret societies. And it was like that they were they it was like they were a rogue school inside of <laughs> Yale, with their own secret societies doing battle with with Yale's secret societies. Uh, we'll talk about this more later, but but Berzelius was a Sheffield secret society. Gotcha. Um, it was so Sheffield was a school of science and engineering. They don't they don't exist anymore. They've been fully subsumed by Yale. Mm -hmm. um, Brazilius as a society, um, it, their membership included a Republican governor and a Democratic senator. No, no one, no one super duper interesting, but just you know, a couple politicians. Um, and in Lee Bardugo's books. Brazilius holds the only true magic is science. They don't do any rituals, just science. And Lethe just ignores them because they don't have to preside over any rituals because all they do is science. I, I want to look into this Brazilius scientist guy. And is, is, was he an alchemist? Was he? Yeah. Was he? You know, like, was there some weird, was there some weird butt sex stuff going on there? I don't know. Did he follow the know. science? Did he follow the science? <laughs> 
I mean, <sighs> let's be honest. Science in 2023 is essentially like a belief system in and of itself. So yeah, it requires a lot of faith. Liz, okay, my sister, uh, Lorna, love her. Sorry, I'm not trying to dox her real name. Is that okay? Her well, I've already Liz. called her out for being your sister a few times. So. Um, yeah, so Lorna, Liz, she's like, you just doxed me. Um, on, on the on the big stream, I try to I try to call her Lorna, but this is this is all trusted fans back here. So she's like, I am the normal sister, which is such a lie. <laughs> I, I wasn't going to agree with it. I just had to I had to call out somebody that said that you were normal compared to Liz. I'm like, well, Abby's not normal. <laughs> How do you not, Abby? I'm not Liz- sure Liz is the normal sister either, but you know. Liz and I have compared ourselves not in intelligence, but in um, person. Well, weirdness, the whole quirkiness. Thing yeah, to Sherlock and Mycroft. I'm Sherlock. I'm a little bit weird. She's Mycroft. She's a lot weird. (laughs) But no, Liz is the person who I would, we would sit on my front porch and talk about Wendy boys and, and um, Bigfoot and, and all kinds of stuff. John Keel books. And I remember a couple years ago and going, I really wish, like, I really wish there was a podcast that like talked about these things the way that I wish people talked about these things. Like telling Liz, like, if you ever find this podcast, send it to me. I would love to find out. And then I remember like a year later going, it's going to be me, isn't it? (laughs) It's going to have to be, it's going to have to be me. So she was a big part of, of this idea and getting it off the ground. Without it, knowing it. it is funny because we both have a similar story where it's like, I really, the whole reason I wanted to do a conspiracy podcast, this was seven years ago was when my son was born. I started driving mm-hmm. truck and I was like, man, I can't find one that talks about this stuff the way that I want to talk about <laughs> yeah. it. And I just kept saying that for years and I was like, I guess I got to do it. Guess I, yeah. <laughs> I guess, guess I got to do gotta it. It's got to be me. Yeah. Um, that's how it was with finding the faith. God like, kept calling and I'm like, okay, fine. I'll pick up the phone. I'll do it. <laughs> All right. Next society is Elihu. Named after Elihu Yale, which Nail is, Yale is also named after. Ah, that's why they call it that. <laughs> they file under Elihu Club Incorporated. They're they're one of the only other ones that just straight files under their name. No secrecy, no smoke and daggers. Um, they were founded in 1903. This is the logo. The upside down moon is a little bit, a little bit arcane. Yep. But. Other than that, it's a pretty standard. Class. At least we know what their number means. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of two, two, three, it's like nineteen oh three. Oh, you were founded. Got it. Yes. Easy. Yep. Uh, here is their tomb. And is it's it not, though? It's, no, here it's it is. not a it's not a proper tomb. It's just a very old house. Uh, really gorgeous house. Plenty of windows. Not a tomb at all. Um, this is one of the oldest buildings in America that's still in regular use. Hmm. There are two men f- who were known for being having been tapped for skull and bones who were like, nah, I don't really want to be in skull and bones. I'm going to be in Elihu. And these two men are Senator Joseph Lieberman and Jacob Weisberg. And Weisberg was tapped by John Kerry personally. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, that says something about Elihu, though, if you're like, yes, yeah, does. skull and bones, though. I mean, this is the one I really want to I be in. I would rather be in Elihu. Yeah. yeah. It's 
Okay, other, no- other notable members include Senator Stuart Symington and a heavy number of journalists. There's a lot of journalists in this, this club. This is the other one that Lee Bardugo does not include in her books. And I can kind of see why. They've got a lot of money. They've clearly got a lot of power and influence. But it just doesn't have that secret society vibe to it. They're just like, look at our bright colonial house with all of its windows. Aren't we welcoming? It kind of looks like the house from like... Uh um, home Alone or something. Yeah, you know what I mean? yeah just a, just a, like yeah. the trees are gorgeous. Look at that green. Anyway, so. Kind of gets country club vibes. Country club, yeah. That's what it makes kind you of wonder feels if like. that's what it was, what it was for those guys. They're like, I don't want to be in the like the, the freaky butt sex society. I want to be in the, <laughs> the, the clubhouse, like, like mm-hmm. you know, drinking party house society. Nice, nice, <laughs> nice, bright windowed country club. Like, have you heard what those Skull and Bones guys do? They're nuts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Now, we, now we're at Book and Snake. They have $8.87 million. They filed under Stone Trust Corp. Founded in 1863. And here's the tiny little pin picture. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I left it in its original size to start with just because you got to see how tiny this you is. Like we can zoom it up a ways, but it's it's not it's not great. Oh, <laughs> Answer Seder. Enhance. 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 It's an it's an Earl Burroughs on a book. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I'll, I'll, a lot, you know, the societies where we can actually find a picture of the pin. It they're always gold pins. Um but yes. Little Ouroboros snack and uh, and a book. <sighs> okay. Here's their tomb. Proper tomb. Another proper tomb. Nice Greek style, Roman style. I don't know if that's Greek or Roman. Is that Roman? It looks Roman. Sure. It's been a while since I've been to architecture camp. Yeah. I think it's Roman. Um, the, the Romans stole from the Greeks, but there's like slight differences in their yeah. pillars. And I'm pretty sure that's Roman pillars. It just yeah. looks more warlike to me. Mm-hmm. Less welcoming and nice. Um, yes. <laughs> Andrew Sayers says it looks like a mausoleum. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's another name for a tomb, tomb, isn't it? Proper tomb. (laughs) This is how you know it's like a serious. (laughs) This is how you know it's good. Uh, This was also part of the the Sheffield school. Okay. Book and Snake was. So we have two, Berzelius and Sheffield, who were. You mean Berzelius and Book and Snake? Yeah. Sorry. Berzelius and Book and Snake. And you also, those are the two that have had proper tombs so far. Or the the Sheffield School ones. <clears throat> okay. Um, Answer Sater figured it out. He says no windows equals weird butt sex stuff. Confirmed. 100%. 100%. <laughs> confirmed. Yep. Uh, here's a quote uh, on, from them about their purpose. Uh, the perpetual attempt of establishing an official perfect order on earth, a sort of platonic reflection of heavenly secret societies. Cute. Cute. Just, can you read that one more time? <laughs> <laughs> the perpetual, the perpetual attempt of establishing an official perfect order on earth, a sort of platonic reflection of heavenly secret societies. Okay. okay. Are, are yeah, you familiar <laughs> with the platonic, the platonic ideal, the concept yeah. of the platonic ideal? Yeah, I think so. Okay, I thought I'm that was just friendship. 
Explain it because I don't believe. No, that's just what you're just you're saying. Craigslist. <laughs> okay, so Plato, Plato's philosophy said that anything you have on Earth, there's there's a perfect version of it in heaven. So oh, yeah. if you an, mm-hmm. if you have an apple on earth, there's a platonic ideal of it in heaven. And the most beautiful things on earth are going to be the closest to the platonic ideal. So what the quote is saying is we're trying to create the platonic ideal of the heavenly. Yeah, that's why I wanted to make society. sure you were saying they're, 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 they're commies is what you're saying is they're trying to create <laughs> utopia. They're these they're, like th- this makes sense for a secret society out of Yale to be like, hey, by the way, guys, we actually can create this perfect heaven order heaven on earth. If you just oh. give us all the contr- it's the World Economic Forum. Kind of sounds like it, doesn't it? Yeah. 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 Okay, members include several former cabinet members and high level government agency positions, most notably, in my opinion, Bill Nelson, a NASA administrator and senator from Florida. Porter Goss, former CIA director and congressman. Um, Henry Ford II. Wow. And Bob Woodward of the Washington Post. Of course. Interesting. (laughs) Of course. Um, In Lee Bardugo's books, the magic that they do in this tomb is necromancy and divination via bone conjuring. So what you're saying is they can create a platonic heavenly order on Earth. But what they don't tell you is that it involves uh, necrophiliac butt sex stuff. Butt sex magic. Yeah. That's what they don't tell you. Yeah. yeah. That's, Bone yeah. conjuring. Wow, these are shamans. There'd be so vampires. The scene I just read in Hellbent involved them bringing in a freshly dead body. And they were <clears throat> for, for the ritual and trying not to ask... How they knew, because the ritual had been scheduled for like two weeks and he just died. And they're like, how did you know this guy was going to be dead? I don't want to ask questions about this. And they wake him up with necromancy and use him to give them information, which they can then sell. Nice. Yeah. So that's that's these are the guys I want running my country. Yeah. Classic (laughs) side hustle. Yeah. (laughs) All right. We're getting into the big three now. All right. Wolf's Head. 9.02 million, and they file under Phelps Association. Did you say 9 million? 9 million. Holy 9.02, 9.02 million. That's a but lot of car washes. That's a lot of car washes. <laughs> selling a lot of Girl Scout cookies, these guys are. They're not like St. Elmo selling crack <laughs> on Linwood. Oh, man. Um. They were founded in 1883. This is their logo. Notice anything special about this? Yeah, upside down onk. Yep. It's an onk right through this poor little wolf skull, which is yep. interesting. It looks like it's impaled on the onk, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, it really does. Yeah. Like Lee Bardugo said, their tomb has windows. But unlike the ones that we've shown that have windows, um, that seem to have windows like by accident, like St. Elmo was like, oh, we couldn't find anything good because we have to sell crack <laughs> on the street. Or... I mean, Elihu obviously they have windows because they wanted that colonial house. But do we have this picture of, of Wolf's Head? Yes, we do. I got to zoom back out a little bit. <coughs> there we go. So they, they managed to have windows while still looking sinister as fuck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it, it looks like their windows are not boarded up, but bricked up. Some of them. The one on the to top be, right. Like, yes. it looks, it's bricked up. The like that's like ones. that's like crack house for for rich people. Yeah, moves. 
the lower ones appear to be really dark stained glass, but still mm-hmm. probably impossible to see through. Yeah, I don't think you can see through these windows. No. Although the both all the upstairs windows have mm. bricks in them. Mm-hmm. It's it, creepy. It looks like the bad place in like grim story tale. Uh-huh. Like very yeah. yeah. It looks like a place called Wolf's Head, is what it looks like. <laughs> it does. Um, it looks like a Nazi castle, like Vivelsburg type type vibes, yeah. you know? They are something of an overt competitor to Skull and Bones. They make a whole kind of even just a joke about overtly competing with Skull and Bones. They have a similar vibe, but they're known as the Cooler Club. And their rituals are reported to be Masonic, at least in inspiration. Mm-hmm. They were Yale's final holdout for not allowing women, but they caved pretty quickly after Skull and Bones did. Get woke, go broke. That's what I'm saying. Yep. And nine million is going away. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Does anybody um, think about the men? <laughs> <laughs> there are members. We already include... we already figured out why they let women in, though. To be honest. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Their members <laughs> include many successful people in business arts, sports, and government, including a couple senators, congressmen, cabinet members, and even Supreme Court Justice Josiah Brewer. Ah, nice. We love a Supreme Court justice coming from a secret society. That doesn't concern me at all. Nope. (laughs) But yeah, the membership of this struck me because there's a lot of known members who were interesting, but they were all over the place. They were in, there were a lot of them in the arts. There were a lot of them that were like Olympic athletes or some other like high level um sports so that was interesting here's the other interesting thing about wolf's head in a book promotion event for ninth house at cambridge public library on october 16th 2019 lee bardugo fielded a question from the audience where she confirmed that yes she was herself in a secret society at yale she didn't say which one. Which one not. do you want to guess she was in, Frida? Was she in that one, Wolf's Head? Yeah, Wolf's Head. She was in Wolf's Head. I thought she was probably in one of the, like, itty-bitty ones, you know, and got excited about finding out and, and telling this fantasy story about, all- no, she's in one of the big three. The big, powerful, mysterious, dark three. <laughs> so when I have questions about like exactly how much of this these books are completely you making this up. <laughs> I can see why that grayer just gets grayer and grayer. Grayer and grayer. <laughs> in her books, the magic that is done in Wolf's Head is shape-shifting into animals, hmm. but retaining human consciousness while in animal form. So she put on the wolf's pelt, right? She, she's Peter Griswold. It makes sense of her book covers and stuff like that yeah. a little bit too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Selkie vibes. Yeah. That's creepy. So she's uh, she's a skinwalker, Lee Bardugo. Uh, maybe. 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 <laughs> maybe someone stole her seal skin and that's why she has to write books. <gasps> maybe. <laughs> Is that a Harry Potter reference? <laughs> no, Selkies are a uh, Norse slash Celtic fairy tale. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, PJ. Well, because I'm not familiar with that one. So, is it the same thing as like the wolf's pelt from from the from Europe and the fox pelts from Japan, where they put on the pelts and it, they transform? Sort of, um, but it's more of a taking off, where they take off the seal skin and then they transform into a normally a woman. And sometimes, if there's been like 
weird tales of like abusive relationships where like a man falls so in love with a woman that he like hides her um sail pelt and he never gives it back to her so she can never go back to sea i know <laughs> that's terrible <laughs> just a little bit of celtic trauma anyways gotcha. Gotcha. okay that's interesting i didn't know that one the second most rich society of the eight is scroll and key Scroll and freaking key. Uh, let's fourteen point nine million. They file under the Kingsley Trust Association. The rumor is that Scroll and Key is the richest society, and this was true in twenty sixteen when Business Insider did an article on the society's financials, ranking them. They were the richest in twenty sixteen, but they're not anymore. Power struggle. Power struggle, indeed. They were founded in 1842. Uh, their logo is this scroll and key pin. And their tomb is my favorite. And it is a proper, proper tomb. This gorgeous, I mean, I, I think this is probably the most expensive of all the of all the tombs. I, I, I didn't look up property values, but it's got to be the most expensive. What what vibes do you get from this? Because I like I see it and I instantly think of a different tomb. I see it in the moment it was on screen. I don't know if this is what you're going for, but I kind of it gives Epstein Island vibes, and that's I don't exact, know why. Yeah, yeah, no, that's exactly what I was going <laughs> yeah. for. It, it is, looks like if you just painted it like light blue on those yeah. like darker spots, it's Epstein's Poseidon yep. tomb. Right? Yeah, that's what chat's saying too. Epstein Island, Epstein Island. Okay, I'm glad I'm not the only one seeing this. Yeah. That's like really what it <laughs> Me looks too. like. I was like, am I going crazy? No, you guys aren't crazy. Oh, um, you want to you want to know? Okay, members include congressmen, senators, governors, cabinet members, ambassadors, Supreme Court Justice George Shiraz, major business owners, publishers, editors of major news organizations. So owners, publishers, and editors of major news organizations. So all levels of leadership of major news organizations. Um, pretty comparable to the Skull and Bones membership. Like we, we, much is made about how many Skull and Bones members are in positions of power. But aside from the, the three presidents and that Skull and Bones has had, you could, I feel like you can only really count it as two because like two of them are Bushes and we all right, know how yeah. that worked out. <laughs> yeah. Aside from the two presidents, they seem to have a pretty, they seem to be pretty on par as far as placing people in power. Mm -hmm. um, you know who else was Skrull and Key? No. Alexandra Robbins. Of course she was. <laughs> <laughs> so when, when you find out... <laughs> That the lady who exposed all of Skull and Bone's secrets in 2002 is, is a member of the competing next most powerful society. It kind of makes it hit different. Very this, much so. This is why you can't have women in your secret society because they stopped right. being secret as soon as you get, you know, this girl and Lee Bardugo like in the secret societies and all of a sudden everybody knows about them. Everybody knows about them because they can't shut up. <laughs> <laughs> we love to tell each other our secrets, don't we, Abby? <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is why they won't let Whitney Cummings into the Illuminati because she's going to write a freaking book or do a comedy special, a stand-up special about, oh, you know, satanic sex magic in Hollywood. 
Uh, according to Lee Bardugo, the the and her books. I should I shouldn't say according to Lee Bardugo. I should say according to the you know in in the story in the books. Uh, scrolling key does astral projection and portal magic. Cute, of course. <laughs> Cute. And then the richest of the secret societies is Skull and Bones. And it's not particularly close, right? Scroll and Keys at 14.9. Skull and Bones is at 17.2 million. Wow. I know we just talked about them last week, but I feel like that number like left my head. Yeah. And now yeah. you're saying it again, I'm like, man, that is so freaking much money. Well, you, yeah. It, it, when, you, when you compare it to the other societies, right? It, yeah. It, it puts it in perspective as well. Well, well yeah. Like, it's like St. Elmo's got 200K on their crack house and right. on Linwood. And then Skull and Bones is $17 million. Yeah. They file under Russell Trust Association. Um, and I'm not going to talk about them much, um, but I'm just going to bring up a couple things that I found since, since the uh, episode on Wednesday. Uh, in the 2016 Business Insider article that I referenced before, where they were ranking how much money each society had, Skull and Bones only had $4 million. When was in it in 2016? Yeah. Holy smokes. Yeah. So what's go what's going on at Skull and Bones what? between 2016 and now? How much better did their cookies get? Yeah. <laughs> right? They've been selling a lot of cookies. They've been buying the crack from St. Elmo and putting it in the cookies. Yeah. Oh. They were ranked they were ranked fifth. Fifth in richest. In twenty sixteen. In twenty sixteen. Wow. Wow. And and you told us last week that their membership now is secret, where like it didn't used to be secret who was in, right? Mm-hmm. Their membership has been secret since the '60s, I believe. We're gonna have another Skull and Bones president like soon. soon. <laughs> we just we won't know it. Um, all of the societies actually have increased significantly in wealth since 2016 numbers, hmm. like by millions of dollars. And many of the rankings have changed dramatically as far as as where each one is in in the. At least the wealth struggle, if not the power struggle. I'd be curious to see if it's the same across all secret societies, where it's like, is the Freemasonic membership gone up in recent years? Because it mm. does seem like if in the history of America, right, is you had this period around the 60s or whatever, where, you know, atheistic ideas like really took hold. And the one thing I keep saying now is atheism is dead. Even the people who are anti-God, anti-Christian and stuff like that, they're just serving other gods and they're just way more open about it. So the fact that like membership would increase in societies that believe in, in greater powers and the secrets and the occult doesn't actually shock me just looking at like that trend. I don't know. I don't know if that has anything to do with it, but maybe I, I have questions. I think it's, I think it's probably 2020 as far as the wealth increase. Mm -hmm. We know that the people, the, the elites who were in on things knew what to invest <clears throat> in when and right. they made a shit ton of money off the pandemic. And it yeah. kind of looks like the secret societies did too. They would know, right? Like they would have the, yeah. Seems like, seems like, I mean, where else are they, where else are you Lineage. getting like what? $13 million. In, yeah, we're seven years up for yeah. a club of 15 people at a time. Yeah. Yeah. That's insane. I'm sorry. I don't, I'm not buying it. Not buying it. Yeah. Membership dues aren't that high. I know the economy sucks <laughs> and inflation, but that's a lot of money, even for Yale students. Here's another fun tidbit Hillary Clinton went to Yale, but she's obviously too old to have been part of any of the secret societies because none of them were allowing women back then. Mm -hmm. um, guess which society made her an honorary member? 
in 2016 during her campaign? You have to guess, Frida, because I already know the answer. Scrolling key. Skull and bones. So she was, and this gives me a little bit of hope, right? She was the official. <laughs> this gives me hope. She broke the glass hope. ceiling, guys. <laughs> Hillary Clinton broke another glass ceiling. Yes, girl. No, 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 yes. No. This gives me hope. Oh, okay. because she was scroll. She was skull and bones as tap for president. Obviously, right? Yeah. And, and she lost. And she lost. Yeah, that is actually nice. <sighs> Go, girl. <laughs> as, as, Go, as, girl. As Broke the, the first truck. glass ceiling as the first candidate, major woman candidate of a, of a major party to lose an election. <laughs> That's a glass ceiling that I was happy to watch her, her break. Mm-hmm. Yep. In, uh, in Lee Bardugo's books, Skull and Bones does divination by reading the entrails of sacrificed victims, both animal and human. Hmm. Which is very like ancient Roman reading the entrails. Was she was she reading the entrails and then putting the face on her mm. face? <laughs> Frazzled rim. <laughs> I like saying that on stream because I'm not allowed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you guys don't know this. It'll probably be edited out of the episode. But we're on Paranoid American, and Abby just all of a sudden goes Frazzled rim. <laughs> 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 Don't invite me on your podcast. Get you kicked off YouTube with two words. Or do. That's a good time. It's actually a compound word, so I think it's one word. Is it one word? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Frazzledrip.zip or whatever. Frazzle Dazzle says PT Locks. There you go. Good old Frazzle Dazzle. You got to say it with the jazz hands, PJ. Why does it not shock me? Yeah. Frazzle Dazzle. Why does it not surprise me? That Hillary Clinton is is part of a secret society that that does divination and entrails. Like, that just seems too perfect. Doesn't it? I mean, this is just according to Lee Bardugo, who who knows nothing, right? Knows nothing. Couldn't possibly be telling the truth at all. Um, Just like how they totally didn't steal Geronimo's skull, except that they definitely did. Because the human sacrifices in in the Skull and Bones rituals are, are fake. They're fake human sacrifices. They're fake. Right? Just for play. You know, I didn't say this last week, um, but I thought about it right after the episode where we were watching that ritual and we were saying, is it fake? Is it staged? Is it real? Whatever. And I was just, I, I, as soon as the episode was done, I was like, I don't know why I didn't say this on stream, but it wasn't a ritual. It was just hazing. Like the, the thing the guy filmed from the rooftop was just hazing. I don't think that was a ritual at all. And I think that when we're going, is it fake? Is it real? Is it as bad? Are they not really killing people? It's mock. They're kissing skulls. I think it's just the hazing part. I think the rituals have to happen in the building. They're, hap- like, yeah. they're not going to happen they're in the yeah. fucking courtyard. Super no. super it's a hazing, right? Yeah. yeah, but it's real, right? It is real hazing, and it is oh, very much real hazing. But the ritual, we don't have a ritual from Skull and Bones. There's no way that doesn't happen inside the tomb. A hundred percent. And the hazing, of course, is going to be inspired by the spirit of of the society. Yeah. And that's going to echo through, and that's why it's going to look a little ritually, because it does. It and looks that's why you're going to be ritually. kissing actual human skulls and the yeah. whole deal. Right. Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. So the top three richest line up with what seem to be universally acknowledged as the big three Wolf's Head, Scroll and Key, and Skull and Bones. So those are the three that I would keep your eye on the hardest, but then I would also. Keep an eye on Mason Chain. But now I have to talk about the two that Lee Bardugo included instead of 
Elihu and Mason Chain. Okay. Yes, please. And and why I think this is. So there was a four society consortium. I believe they were all associated with Sheffield, although I wasn't able to confirm that one of them was associated with Sheffield. But we know that Book and Snake and Berzelius were both Sheffield. And we know that Aurelian was Sheffield. So the question is, was manuscript Sheffield also? And I, th- I think so. They, these are four societies that seem to have more loyalty to each other than to the other eight. And Lee Bardugo seems to prioritize the four over the official eight. So she includes manuscript and Aurelian <coughs> in place of Mason Chain and Elihu. So manuscript has 1.84 million. So not a lot, but not like super insignificant either. They still, file still un- bigger than a couple of the ones that yeah. are on the eight. Exactly. Yeah. Um, they file under Wrexham Foundation Incorporated, founded in 1951. So again, a newer one. Um, their tomb... We have, this is another proper tomb. It's it's interesting. There are some of the eight that don't have proper tombs. And then one that's like not considered part of the eight has a proper tomb. It's not as grand. This looks like a garage. I'm not going to lie. No, but you're right. It's a proper yeah. tomb. Is that it doesn't have windows and it's yeah. made of bricks, but it does look like a garage. It does look like a garage. It does. <laughs> yeah. A lot of garages have seen like that. But There's weird stuff happens inside. in garages, guys. Just, yes. just yeah. cause it, look, you don't just have to be poor cooking meth to do weird stuff in your garage. You can also be rich mm-hmm. and do weird stuff in your garage. Yeah. Pro- proper tomb. Not very pretty, but still a proper tomb. The number 344 is sacred to them for some reason. I don't know why. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't find a pin for them, but I know that their symbols are the sun and sunflower. So their pin probably has something of a sun sunflower situation. They're trying to ruin sunflowers. Don't want them. I think they're just trying to be open about Mm -hmm. the the gay butt sex stuff. Because if you're walking around campus wearing a sunflower pin... I'm going to think things about you. I'm going to think things about you. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) They focus on enlightenment ideals and notable members are mostly in the arts and include Anderson Cooper and Jodie Foster. Oh, wow. Ah, yeah. (sighs) I have a lot of things I could say about Jodie Foster. We'll we'll, mm -hmm. we'll talk about her at some point with the the real conspiracy stuff, but she's, Mm -hmm. she's got some weird stuff. She's got some weird stuff. Yeah. She's manuscript. And according to Lee Bardugo's books, um, manuscript does mirror magic, illusions, and glamours, manipulating perception on a wide scale. So exactly the sort of magic you'd expect from a society that puts out actors and actresses mm-hmm. and pe- and people in those t- types of roles. Your, your husband actually just said something interesting. Can I bring this up really quick? Yeah. So he said that first reports of the responders that were killed at 9-11 was 344. Ooh. And this is something I keep noticing where they'll report a number. This is driving me. N- I've been t- texting Abby about this because yeah. it Don't happened stop. again. I've been saving them all because it's driving me nuts. Like just within a week, I was like, just for a week or two, I'm just going to see every headline that has the number 33 in it and start saving these things because it's freaking weird. Or when people like famous people tweet the number 33 in a way that makes no sense, like like uh, I think it was Toby or something tweeted this yeah. week. He's like, 
oh, I've been a vegan for about 33 years. I'm like, who yeah. says about <laughs> 33? Who says approximately 33? That's not a thing. There was a reporter today that died at 33 years old. That was a headline today. Uh, it just keeps happening, and it's been kind of driving me a little nuts. But what I've noticed is a lot of times I'll report something when it hits a certain number. Mm-hmm. Even if it's like wait an hour and the number will, will have like a real number. They don't, they don't report on the bigger number. They'll always report it like as soon as it hits 33% or yeah. as soon as it hits 233 people or something like that. So when I see that around like an occult ritual like 9-11 and I see 344, I'm like, well, is, is it a coincidence? Like it doesn't matter if that was the real number. Obviously it wasn't. There was more responders killed. Mm-hmm. But when they pick that number arbitrarily, instead yeah. of, again, we don't have a final count on the amount of responders responders killed mm. it was about 350 or over 300 like a, a round number you would give when you don't have an exact right and instead no, they give exact numbers when they should round them and it's weird it's driving me nuts to see it like constantly again they literally teach says, you that in journalism who says approximately 33 <laughs> it's not a thing that people yeah no normal people don't speak like this yeah it's in headlines it drives me nuts anyway go ahead um so yeah manuscript did 9-11 confirmed <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, skull and bones, maybe. You maybe. Know. I don't know. Who was Cheney with? I don't know. Yeah, anyway. I, I don't know. Um, <laughs> it is interesting that manuscript has a sacred number just like skull and bones does. Don't know what that means. Um, a a three-digit sacred number. Okay. The final one is a bit of an oddball out. And, and this is why I, I had to sit there and think, like, why did Lee Bardugo do this? Because Aurelian has $17.9,000. That's it. So they broke. They, 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 they had no money. <laughs> 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 they file under Aurelian Honor Society Incorporated. And it was it took me forever to find their 990 because it was handwritten because because it was like a little tiny because they can afford somebody to do their taxes yeah <laughs> little tiny tax form for their seventeen thousand dollars just took me a while to get it <laughs> i i was like i'm di- i'm digging i'm digging what am i gonna find oh <laughs> this is nothing but the purpose of it it wasn't a secret society when it was founded and in, in 1910 the purpose of the honor society was to try to unify the students of yale and the students of the Sheffield Scientific School because there was so much division and tribalism going on between the Sheffield <coughs> um, students and the Sheffield societies and Yale. So Aurelian was supposed to bridge the gap between Sheffield and Yale. Mm-hmm. And the Honor Society would take people from, from Yale, people from Sheffield. and But once the schools became fully merged, they become more of a secret society as their original purpose died off and, and now they're just it, in the Lee, around. In the Lee Bardugo series, is Aurelian supposed to be the ninth house that's over the other houses? Nope. That's Leafy. Le- oh, here she said that. Okay. Yeah. I'm just trying to figure out Aurelian. It's like the, the low number is weird to me. It is. It is. So I might have an answer, <clears throat> but we'll see. Okay. It does not appear that Aurelian is currently landed, which is a criteria in my mind for being one of the ancient eight. But they need a are, tomb, bro. Need a tomb. The only one of this list, it's funny. This, the only list of this, uh, the only one in this list of 10 societies, if we're including Skull and Bones, this list of 10 societies, 
that is not claimed to be part of the ancient eight is manuscript. Mm-hmm. People will, it's claimed that Aurelian is part of it. And then I'm like, well, then which society are you kicking off? Because that's nine societies, not eight. Mm-hmm. But they're not landed. So I can see why you wouldn't count them. They used to have rooms in the Sheffield Sterling Strathcona Hall, but Yale won't lease to them anymore. And this is interesting, right? That's, that Yale, that's this yeah. building here, right? Yeah. That you can have a society at Yale who's been leasing rooms forever and can continue to afford that lease. And Yale's like, no. We're not going to lease to you anymore. We're not going to lease to you, St. Elmo. We're not going to lease to you, Aurelian. It's odd. interesting. Yeah. yeah. Like, I think Yale is big enough that they have enough rooms that they don't have to just, like, kick somebody out and deny them business. Especially somebody who's been there for years and years. So that they pick and choose which societies get to have power by having land. It, yeah. That it's is very, very interesting. It's almost like there's a competition for like having, you know, being in this eight. Mm-hmm. And when they hit a certain point, they kind of like lose, like maybe, maybe St. Elmo's and, and Aurelian just aren't like right. in it right now. They're like in the top 10, but you want to be in the eight, you have to like meet these certain criteria and they're just not hitting it with like money or things like it seems that. seems like it. Yeah. yeah. And yells like going, you know, well, here's our top eight. You know, you're, it's my space in 2005 yeah. where you're competing for the top eight spaces. And you might still be on the friends list, but if you're not in that top eight, you feel pretty, you know. Mm-hmm. So they don't have they don't have rooms anymore, and this is why they might not have very much money. They focus on philanthropy and service to community and service to Yale. So they should be focusing on butt sex magic if they want to get theoretically. In that top eight. Yeah, theoretically, they are giving away most of the money they receive every year. Like that they're operating as an actual nonprofit organization. Um, and I'm not saying they're good people and they're not doing suspicious secret things. But I wonder if that low number is because they're they're actually not trying to build up wealth the way that the others are. Yeah, it's we- I don't get it's weird. Yeah, it's, it's very. It's a mystery. It's, it's a mystery. But Lee Bardugo says that the, their magic is logomancy slash word binding. So the idea of binding people to oaths. And that they're not as powerful now that they don't have their original consecrated room. So she introduces this, this idea that the people who have, that the clubs who have lost their clubhouses mm-hmm. are have lost all or most of their power. She says with, with, with St. Elmo, they've lost all of it. Right, yeah. Cause that makes a lot of sense, yeah. right? Again, like if you're trying to be in this top eight and get that land, that land is your power. Mm-hmm. That would make sense why they're competing for it. I will say, like, if their thing is logomancy, they weren't very good at binding people to a uh, land contract. Guess <laughs> <laughs> not. But then, it, but with with in in the books, because logomancy is is more portable, more of a portable magic, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. even without their land, they're able to do it. That Aurelian is kind of a a sleeper a little bit. Like, it looks like they don't have money. It looks like they don't have land. And that's in the book. And it also seems to be true in in reality. Right? Like, how how are you still labeled as one of the ancient eight when you have $17,000? What's going on? That's chump change, guys. Yeah. 
Santa Rose Crack mean, House brings in more than 17K. Could that be like Cayman Islands accounts? Like, That's what I'm wondering is like how much money? of this is like hiding yeah. the, the wealth, you know? I don't know. So what's their what's their Cayman Islands uh account number? You know? I don't know. I mean, I know that their password's probably a taxation is theft. <laughs> <laughs> probably. So this, like, let's just discuss. Let's just go back over these because because I go back and forth, right? Is mm-hmm. the most powerful one the most obvious one? Is it Skull and Bones? Because it's the richest and it's the one with the most presidents and stuff? Or is it some sleeper that we just can't even find information on? Well, you'd also, like, here's the thing about the, the that. It's like we're talking secret society stuff. Like, how much are we believing that these presidents are not just, like, figureheads anyway? You know what I'm saying? Like, are they the actual power? Like, that's a good, like, that's the question, right? So, like, Mm. if you're looking at it this way, you know, you've got Skull and Bones, $17 million on a tax filing that we can find on the internet. Right. And they also, we know, three presidents. But then you got Aurelius that seems to be important, seems to have no money. Right. But, like, like, legitimately, do they have... Do they have the money? Do they have the power? And it's just like, that's why they look the right. way they do. Is, is it like the perfect cover to be like this charity organization with no money and no land? I don't know. They're still getting included in the list for some reason. There's some prestige yeah. there, right? Yeah. So I find the, the the consortium of four to be fascinating. Yeah. The, mm-hmm. the idea of these holdouts from Sheffield um, and how, <clears throat> how much they have hung on together. Because it seems like the others are competing with each other. And these four are like, just kind of seems like they're bound together a little bit more. Book and Snake, Brazilius, like right in the middle of the pack societies, right? Book and Snake is right under, right on, it's number four, right? It's not the big three, it's number four. But then, but then these two little ones, Manuscript and, and Aurelian, like why would Book and Snake and Brazilius even bother with right. Manuscript? And, like, I don't know. Mm. What is it like a like a shell game? You know what I mean? Like you've got the eight. I mean, we talked about this yeah. concept in secret societies, right? <laughs> you've got all of your, your useful idiots on the outside, whether that's Hollywood or whether that's the Freemasons with the, you know the Shriners and the idiots driving around in cars. Mm-hmm. And like deeper and deeper and deeper down you go, it's like the real power. But the real power is not the one that they want you to talk about, so they're not flashy about it, right? Yeah, yeah. Like nobody knows about the Royal Order of the Jesters, but it does seem like there's something weird there, right? Absolutely. They know about. They know about the Freemasons. They know about the Shriners. They know about like these outside public mm-hmm. groups. Lots. Of I mean, stuff. I just I think I think the I think a lot of times the power could work like that or does work like that. At least it would be smart. It's like yeah. th- it definitely keeps people looking in the wrong direction. Yeah, and and is like, is the power just Yale? Yeah. Right. It. Yeah. Are all the individual secret societies just kind of? ultimately one big blob yeah and honestly like are they part of uh, there is is yale part of its own ancient eight consortium of the eight ivy league colleges right right yeah that that i have questions <laughs> for sure i have questions i have questions so yeah that's all i had that's all i had mason chain is interesting to me just because lee didn't think it was important enough to include it even though the naming scheme, like everything about it seems to be like, yeah, you should definitely include this. Like mm-hmm. I can see why she didn't include Elihu, right? Mm-hmm. Because they have this this gorgeous, bright, windowed building. 
But it's hard for me to understand why she'd include Aurelian over Mason Chain. Right, yeah. Yeah, that I don't get. Frida, if you ran the secret society at Yale, how would you do it? <laughs> With an iron fist. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> you seem like an iron fist kind of person. Amazing. I don't, what, what are your theories, Abby? I'm, uh, am I missing something or... I don't know. I don't have a lot of answers. I think that I just have a lot of information I want to sit on and then I want to mm-hmm. wait and see. Like the news media seems to like to like to report on Skull and Bones and they have been for quite some time. And it seems just to be the most obvious one. And I'm not saying it's not powerful because it obviously is. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. obviously got the money. It's obviously got some power. But I, I mean, maybe the question of which one is secretly the strongest is the wrong question and maybe they're all just secret societies of of approximately similar levels of power it seems like scroll and key is really close behind and and it could all be that the power plays are are a school in and of themselves right Mm. like like they're not actually important to to us but they're Mm -hmm. important to how they fight amongst each other and learn how to operate in the bigger point. secret societies and the bigger, you know, right. Illuminati, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And again, that goes back to the concept of, of Red Rising, which is seems correct to me. It seems like this is exactly the same thing. There's all these schools, these houses in this school that are fighting with each other, serving mm-hmm. their own gods. And the power plays are real and people win and they get put in positions of power based on how well they can place their house in the top eight mm. and you know, or whatever. And that's the top 12. You want to okay. be the number one house. And if you're the number, if you're a leader of the number one house, when you graduate the school, you're going to get first pick at like, do I want to be mm. this position or that position or the other? So I'm like, maybe that's all it is, right? It's like, we're thinking about this, how it affects the grander scheme. And maybe it really just is a power struggle amongst themselves before they go out and then take positions learn. of power. They, they're learning how to control power, mm-hmm. right? Because that's the point of the school, In the right? way this, that power actually works. Exactly. And maybe, that's, maybe that's what it comes down to. There's two things that they learn, right? They learn how power actually works, not the American dream that we think, yeah. you know, how government's supposed to work. Pick yourself like up it, by your bootstraps and things like yeah. that. It's more like the actual aristocracy and the how actual, the secret. That. But yeah. then they also discover that magic is real yep. and that the rituals are real and the, that you can gain real power by doing them. Yeah, if I had to give my like honest take on this, I think that's exactly what it is. I think this is a school. I think I think not just it, literally like Yale's a school. I think the secret societies are a school. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. they are teaching people how to how to handle handle that power. And when they graduate, depending on how they did that year, you know, who stole the most things from the other mm-hmm. secret societies, whatever mm-hmm. occult games they're playing, <clears throat> that they're gonna get the pick of of, you know, right. what positions they want. And that's why it seems to be across the board like this. Th- this one has some presidents. This one has some of this and that. And they're all in these different places because I think they're just learning how to manipulate the power structure of mm-hmm. America and of the world and then yeah. they go out into the world and do it. Yeah. And this is why I back to the rituals thing, why I take manuscript more seriously than some of the others is because even though the tomb isn't pretty, it's a proper tomb. There are no mm-hmm. windows like that's telling me they're doing actual rituals in there right whereas yeah. like i'm not sure about elihu right i don't think elihu's doing at least the same i, I think that rituals, they right? like their country club and they're going to go out and be country club politicians and right you know generally wealthy but not actually in power right and 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 to, to that end mason chain i believe has windows i i couldn't find the building but you're telling me it's a colonial style building on on a random sounds like street. a windowed building yeah. it probably has windows saint elmo has built has windows <clears throat> 
So maybe the ones with windows, except for Wolf's Head, which has windows but doesn't really, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are 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 the unserious ones, and then we don't even know where Aurelian meets. Yeah, and I think it's just all power structure and mm. you know of themselves before they go out. So yeah, it makes sense that like depending on who's leading that house right now or that 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 secret society and how serious they take it and how good they are at selling cookies and whatever else, you know. All right, so that was our coverage on the Ancient Eight Consortium. Again, that's normally behind the paywall content. So please, if you enjoyed it, consider coming over to conspiracypill.locals.com for $5 a month and supporting the show that way. Or you can go to rockfin.com slash conspiracypilled. And that one's a little bit more expensive. It's $15 a month, but you get us and you get tons of other people. So check that one out as well. Anyway, enjoy it. Have a Merry Christmas. God bless. God bless.